Welcome back to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. And today, as promised, we're going to continue our conversation with the Reverend Ron Hunt. So tell us about your decision and your journey to become an actual reverend. Uh, this isn't a this isn't just a shtick. Yeah, people. no shtick. This is a, this is for real. And Ron believes in what he says. Absolutely. Uh, so that's that started in 2011. I did a um, I was taking community courses at uh, Butler County Community College in Lawrence County, uh, right before I transitioned over to Teal. So that was my two my two credits. I was like, all right, cool. We're gonna keep it moving. Um, and it was one of those things that you know, uh, like I said, my my father he's he's been a, a ordained uh, minister for well over 30 plus years. Uh, so I say that that's the OG. That's the Rev Senior. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm almost like the Rev Junior. So that's the OG. That's Papa Rev. Then you got my mom. She's mama, right? It's a whole wrestling thing. Um, but it's one of those things to where um, it, it was really, I felt a calling for me. Um, being a being a young man, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I already had faith, my own personal faith, that I was just learning how to grow with and understanding different things that I've been through and how I got through it. And But that was kind of taking things to the next level for me. Um, so I tell people it wasn't by like a choice of trade. I really do feel like it was a calling. And even at that present time, I was 18 and I said, man, are you sure? Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, you know, maybe it's just burrito that I ate. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, you know, and, uh, and I'm just like, it's some bad food. Now. And I'm like, I'm feeling a certain type of way. It's that time of the month. It's like, I don't know what it was. Uh, so fast forward. It was one of those things that I kept shaking it, and we're talking about fast forward, Jim. Uh, I want to say about a good four or five months I was wrestling with that before I said, all right, this is really what God is calling me to do. It was about a good four or five months of me tussling, and we're talking about a physical wrestling. That was a spiritual wrestling battle for me, ah. and uh, and I lost that one. A spiritual wrestling it battle. It was a spiritual wrestling battle. I, I lost that match, man, um, and that was me wrestling with faith on another level. Um, and being able to see, and I think at that time with me on a personal level, uh, on a man to man level with myself was me saying, mm, I don't know. I don't think this is for me because I wasn't fully dealing with my worth on a whole nother level. Uh, Some more about that, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with me, I said, okay, I know I can do this. I can do this. I can do this, but this where I feel like you're pulling me, God, uh, I can't do that. No, I'm not. I'm not worthy of that. And I think to me that that was a part of uh, me really not understanding where I was and what I can bring to the table for others. So you're talking about a higher power having more faith in you than you did in yourself. Very much, time. very much, very much. And I think when looking at it, um, we always have a why, 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 why no matter what we go through outside of spirituality, uh, no matter what we go through in life, we have a why, 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 why. And so many times we never look at the why not. And so the way that I looked at it is I was always like, why, why, why? Oh, wait, this, why, why, X, Y, X, Y, X. And every time that there was a why, there was always a why not. And when did you begin to accept the fact, Ron, that you were worthy? Yeah. Um, that, that I was, I want to say about five five months in. I actually, I went to my father um, about a week into going back and forth with that. And I said, Dad, I said, I think, you know, God is calling me in the ministry to, you know, to 
to step out um, and minister to people. And he said, he was like, well, that's not my answer to give you. He was like, that's a conversation that you got to find out on your own. He was like, if, if, if I tell you something, he's like, that's doing an injustice. He's like, you have to have that heart to heart on your own. And he's like, then you can come back to me. He's like, well, sometimes we just have to ask people, who are you to tell God he's wrong? Yeah. And, and that, well, that's what that said. He said, he said, listen, I can't give you an answer. He's like, but I will tell you this. You cannot out God God. You can't. So, <laughs> so me, I'm like, well, why not? Well, why, why, why? He's like, why not? Well, becoming ordained, Ron's a commitment. Absolutely. You know, it's not just signing up for a bowling league. <laughs> yeah, I was one. If not, I'm definitely not bowling 300. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, it, it is a life commitment. I think that was another thing that I was wrestling with because, like I said, I'm right at the beginning of this of this wrestling journey, me going to step out on this before starting to train. Um, but then at the same time, I'm looking at, okay, I'm also going to college. So as a young man, you know, I was I – was, you know, very well versed. I wasn't like a wild, a wild child in, in grade school or anything like that. But you're thinking college, you know, you see this movie and that movie, oh, college, and there's parties and there's this and that. But if I do this, now I'm putting a fishbowl. Now people are going to look at me and I can't do this. I can't do that. And from a physical standpoint, being 18, that's what I was looking at. Well, I don't know what I'm saying, but if I make a mistake here, if I do this, if I do this. And it was one of those things that really said that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be worth it. And, God, and that's all of, all of us. God does not look for perfection. He just looks for you to understand your worth and allow him to work with you the, the way that you are. None of us are perfect. Um, there's a scripture that says, for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that means that none of us will be sinless. None of us will be perfect. But if we strive to the closest of what we can do to be the best person we can be and as you said earlier, Jim, just meet him halfway and allow him to work with you where you are. Come to him as you are. And when I realized that, and it's easy to tell other people that, but when you have to deal with that on your own personal, now you're being ministered to. And with me, I think that was the light that really hit on me. Even when you look at his 12 disciples, none of them were perfect. You know, you had liars, you had those that curse, you had murders, you had this, you had that, you had this, you had that but he was still able to reroute them and work with them and allow somebody to understand them. And I think the biggest thing that we have, um, the strongest tool that we have is our own personal testimony of overcoming something or of getting through something and say, hey, if this can be done for me, why can't it be done for you? All we can share with people, Ron, is what works in our life. What works in our Nobody life. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Yeah, you can't, you can't tell. You can tell people what worked for you and what helped you. And and, that, and that's spot on. You can't tell people, well, you know, you need to do this, 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 but I can share for you my personal story and and then, then allow you to make your decision. Well, you. we believe at the end, whatever happens, that the creator might say to you, I gave you gifts, talents, and abilities. What did you do with them? What did you do with them? And I think that when, when I look back at, at wrestling, and I mean, there's a, there's a whole accolade even outside of achieving his dream. Um, you know, former news reporter, former radio host. Uh, I still do acting. I do voiceover work, professional wrestler. Um, but my mindset has always been, how can I use whatever this particular talent or this particular gift is and use it to leave an impression and a mark on somebody's life? Every single one of them. And, and I told God this. I said, if someone can't take something away from whatever that I'm doing, then I don't want to do it. I, I 
I can care less about being famous. I can care less about being rich. I, I, I can honestly care less about it. There's no prize for being the richest person in the cemetery. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, I got a gold casket. All right, cool. You know, <laughs> but, you know, cool, I got some good blades of grass, you know. But, you know, but, the, yeah, just like you said, there, there's no prize for that. But if I can do what I can do and share wealth, and I think people fail to understand that there's a difference. I can I can be rich, but I it doesn't mean that I'm wealthy. And I think the true wealth comes from what you have to offer internally to give to other people to make society better. Well, you're talking about planting seeds, Ron, and you know sometimes we plant seeds for trees we never get to climb. Yeah, and that's the patience part of it. I was impressed in one of your uh, interviews you were giving. You were talking about if you were able to change one life, and you want to you want to just leave it better than what you found. Just one, just one life. You you can't change the world. So um, it sounds like you're also at this point in your life also a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't, I don't know if I would. So I, I've I've had a lot I've had a lot of people uh, people kind of say that, and I think it was a kind of an honor to to hear that, or, or just parents coming up to me and and saying how uh, how much their, their children look up to me, or parents coming up to me themselves saying, "Hey." You have really helped me, and I'm like, wow! It's it's it shocks me. That's an awesome responsibility. It, it, it sho- yeah, it's a heavy responsibility. It's, it's it shocks the heck out of me. Um, but being able to hear that, I, th- I think it's a step back for me because I'm just so used to, um, just trying to do my part that when I hear something like that, I stop. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, I, I didn't even know it. You know, I was really impressed when I was watching one of your interviews with. Uh, Ronnie Nicole and Theo Ivory, and you were talking about uh, equality and equity. Could yes. you talk about that? Yeah, you, you. We have so much that we can offer people, and when we look at it, a lot of people talk about equality, um, but there's no equity. So equality uh, means that we want to treat everyone on an equal playing field. And the way that I look at it is, if I have a person that is six five. I have a person that is five five. I have a person that is five foot, and I have the same box that's on equal level for everyone. As every single one of them step up, there's still a gap. We're treating everybody equally. We are. We're all standing on the same three foot stage, but there's still that gap because you have different people at different levels. But from the equity side of things, okay, I have a six foot five person here. I keep them grounded. I have a five foot five person here. I give them a little bit of elevation. I have a five-five person here. I give them a bigger elevation. Now we're all grabbing the same reach. We're all at the same level at this time. And I think what it really looks back at it is, and, and, and there's there's nothing wrong with equality, but we also have to understand, in my opinion, that the equity is the most important. Um, if we treat everyone with the equality, there's still going to be some form of a gap somewhere. We can all come through the same door. We can all use the same elevator. But what if someone can't walk up those steps? We're all coming through the same entrance. We're, we're all coming through the same equal entrance. But what if I put a ramp here? And then I put steps here. And then an elevator there. Now we're all meeting in the same room together. That's the equity of it. I, I follow that. And I hope everyone does out there too. Uh, on this show, what we like to do is promote... Uh, social justice than equity, and in fact, one of our one of our most listened to shows, and one of the ones we got some blowback on, when it was titled "Jesus the Socialist," 
when I tried to explain that Jesus was the architect of socialism. Mm-hmm. But yes, we are our brothers and sisters, keep it. Yeah. Because that's that's what Jesus Jesus' message was one of love, compassion, and forgiveness. Absolutely. And in that we Mike and I, the producer of this show, we talked about if that isn't part of your part of your personality and the way you present in life, then you might want to reexamine your identity. Yeah. It's it's one of the things and, and we talk and that's a that's a great point. Um there's no such thing as perfection. And when you look at the whole story, at one point, Jesus sat at the same table of people that the normal common man, woman, boy, and girl, common everyday person would have said, I don't know why you're talking about it. Even in today's time, we, we have people that say, oh, I wouldn't talk to this person. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. He sat with some of those same people that people look down on. And said, I'm going to deal with them. I know that they may be going through this and this and this, but I'm going to deal with them as they're in their current stance. Um, and when you look at a more progressive matter, uh, it, it's it's funny, because I, I, I bet you said a wrestling promo. Uh, people are like, oh, Jesus would never do this. I'm like, well, I'm like, Jesus flipped tables because he had tax collectors not doing what they should have been doing at that present time. And the message that it leaves for me is, number one, we have to be comfortable with meeting people where they are. And at the same time, we also have to be comfortable of standing up for what we feel is right. I like the way you're talking. You had talked one for about, uh, we all come through various uh, struggles, Ron. And uh, I really enjoyed some of the conversations you were having with some of your friends on there. And they were talking about the struggles, particularly with, I'm a Quaker. Yeah. And you know, we have a strong belief in, we try to help people educate on institutionalized racism. And if you, you can share with us whatever you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with about dealing with and overcoming some of the, the prejudice and things that you faced in your life, something that I've never experienced mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even presume to take those words out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely real. Actually, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I was just talking to my parents today. I, actually, it was today. Um, they were, they were coming back from somewhere and they were coming back from the airport and, um, my, uh, my mother, she was going through TSA and she was getting a bend or something like that. And she bumped into a guy. She says, excuse me, sir, can you move your, I think just so we could put an air tray here. And he said, don't touch me. You're black. This happened today, 2023. Uh, and then some people behind my parents heard him. And it, it was it was a good amount of people that said, "Listen, sir, this is 2023," um, and unfortunately, it's it still happens today. Um, I've I've been through some things on a personal level grow, growing up. You know, um, certain things said to me. Uh, I've had my face spit into. I've been at wrestling shows, and I want to say, in regards of the last two years of people calling me racial slurs. Uh, last year, someone called me a racial slur. It happens. It, it, it's, it's a very real thing. Um, but at the same time, you also have to understand that the world will never be perfect. And I think what happens is, and I don't know if, it'll, if it's a sense of guilt, um, if it's a sense of if we just ignore it, it just doesn't happen. If it's that, that kid mentality where you feel like there's a monster in your closet and if you just throw your, your cover over your head and you don't think about it, it'll just disappear. Um, but these are very much real things that we have to deal with. And if we don't find a way to deal with it or find a way um, to transform it in a way and do our part, then 
it's going to keep happening. When I try to tell people, silence, you're you're as guilty as the you're you're as guilty as the person is committing it, um, because you're not willing to do your part. Um, your part doesn't have to be anything magnificent. Your part it doesn't have to be on a on a physical. You don't have to fight anybody. Uh, you don't have to do anything like that. You don't have to threaten someone. Uh, but we all have some form of a part that we can use with this thing that we call our voice, the thing that you and I are using right now. And it all starts with having these important conversations at the dinner table, in the city council meetings, um, at, at, the, at the different demonstrations, at the different protests. We all have a voice that we can use. Our strongest thing that we have is our voice. And if we're not using it, then we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, what am I doing? Am I being a part of the change? Or am I just sitting back saying, oh, someone else can change it? Am I complaining that a light bulb is burned out and I'm just going to keep complaining and say, if someone else changed it, I ain't changed it, but it's burned out. Or am I going to say, hey, someone have a ladder, someone have a step stool, let me change it. Well, Martin Luther King said, evil will triumph when good people do nothing. And that's the thing. If we don't do anything, if someone digs a hole and there's a pipeline, the pipeline's six feet down, someone digs a two-foot hole, you're like, why are you digging that hole? There's a pipeline there. Someone else comes, they dig another two feet. You're four feet down, there's a pipeline that's there too. But I never do anything to now patch that. Someone's going to eventually hit it. So what am I doing to now counterbalance that? And, and, and just as you said, if we don't do anything... Well, in a 12-step world, Ron, we have a concept of do the next right thing, do the next right thing, do the next right thing. And it says that our purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to the creator and to our fellows. We have a saying that when something like that happens, we say, well, there but for the grace of God go I, and have some gratitude. But that can also be translated, Ron, into it sucks to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I might, I might have to steal it. I'm not going to lie. I might have to steal that. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's what it says. It's like, ah, oh, well, well uh, sucks to suck, you know. Um, but but what are, what, are you, what are you doing to help change? And, and just because you're not going through something doesn't mean that you just have to sit back and watch something happen. Absolutely uh, not. We all have something that we can do. And I, I often look at it as... Um, it's a pay it forward. And that's what, we, that's what we talk about in wrestling. If I gained all this knowledge over the years and I said, well, this is my knowledge, you get it on your own. Well, Bill Wilson talks about, he was one of the co-founders of AA, and what he talks about, he says, gratitude must go forward. It's an action word. It is. It is. You must, you must do something with it. And if you're not, I'll have to say, if you're not going forward, and this is with life as a whole, but if you're, if you're not moving forward, then you're dying. As the world evolves, problems evolve, situations evolve. If I'm just standing still, the world will pass me by. But what am I doing to also progress myself and move forward along with the changes that are coming? So, Ron, if the space aliens come down and they chose Ron Hunt to be a representative of the human race to say, okay, Ron, convince us that the human race should be spared. What's good about being Ron? I think the best thing about being me, and then honestly, I'm no different than the world, but the best thing about being me is I have an opportunity to change a life. I have an opportunity to plant a seed 
to have someone's mindset change. And that same thing that I look at as an optimistic situation is the same that every single person has. We all have the opportunity to plant a seed to help change someone's life. Why? Because someone did it for me. Ah. Someone did it for you. Someone did it for Mike. Someone planted some type of seed to allow us to do something to get us to the point that we are in 2023. So what you're telling our audience is that you have a responsibility to carry the message. You have a responsibility to carry the message. That's my particular responsibility. That's your responsibility. That's all of our responsibility. But the thing is, how are we going to carry it? Well, Ron, uh, I know we didn't talk about wrestling much tonight, but I was so impressed by listening to your interviews. This is this is the message, at least selfishly and self-centeredly, that I wanted to listen to. Absolutely. No, you know, I truly appreciate it. And any time that we can do this down the road, always always want to come back. So I love Well, it. we always enjoy it. Maybe the next time we'll uh, we'll talk about wrestling, which a lot of people are interested in. Remember, I grew up with Bruno San Martino. Yeah. Okay? Dominic Danucci, Bruno Dominic San Martino. Dominic yeah. Bruno San Martino. Uh, all jumping Johnny DeFazio, yep. all those people. Those those were the people that I watched. And uh, but Ron, you've been absolutely delightful, and uh, we hope that you won't be a stranger on this show. Preset. Anytime you need me, I'm here. Okay. And at the end of every podcast, Ron, we offer a uh, free prescription: fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television and take up fishing. However, for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. A lifetime without expectations. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. If we're all not God's children, none of us are. Namaste, my friends. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, Click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.